I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, October 26th. Here are today's headlines. The new Speaker of the House is already facing critique from the left. Left-wing media and organizations have rushed to criticize new Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Johnson won the gavel on Wednesday. The New York Times ran an article saying that Johnson questioned climate science and received substantial donations from the oil and gas industry. He has also been called an election denier for his role in legally questioning the results of the 2020 presidential election. Many of Johnson's critics have cited the Southern Poverty Law Center, which you all have heard us talk about on this show many times before. The Southern Poverty Law Center is an organization that gained its reputation by suing Ku Klux Klan organizations into bankruptcy, but has since changed to labeling mainstream conservative organizations as hate groups amid a racial discrimination and sexual harassment scandal that led the group to oust its president and co-founder, a former employee, said the hate accusations were a highly profitable scam. Tyler O'Neill, who wrote the book Making Hate Pay, the Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center, covered this for the Daily Signal and detailed how left-wing groups like Human Rights Campaign and Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, cited the Southern Poverty Law Center in claiming that Johnson was linked to a hate group. That so-called hate group organization is Alliance Defending Freedom, a religious liberty nonprofit law firm that has won numerous cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. We turn now to a tragic story out of New England, where police in Maine are continuing a hunt for a mass shooting suspect named Robert Card. A series of mass shootings took place in Lewiston, Maine on Wednesday night that Maine Governor Janet Mills says left 18 dead and 13 wounded per Fox 9. There are still many things we don't yet know about these attacks, but the full weight of my administration is behind law enforcement's efforts to capture the person of interest, Robert Card, to hold whoever's responsible for this atrocity accountable under the full force of state and federal law, and to seek full justice for the victims and their families. Eight people were killed at Shemingi's Bar and Grill, and seven were killed at Just In Time Recreation Bowling Alley. Three more died on the way to the hospital. Maine State Police Colonel William Ross said that 40-year-old Card should be considered armed and dangerous. According to the Maine Department of Public Safety, Card is enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve. He has had a history of troubling health incidents. According to ABC News, Card recently said he was hearing voices and allegedly threatened to shoot up the base he was stationed at at Saco, Maine. The police said that he spent two weeks at a mental health facility this summer before being released. We turn now to news related to President Joe Biden and the ongoing investigation into potential criminal activity carried out by the Biden family. According to Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, the FBI received criminal information from over 40 confidential sources on President Biden. Grassley said in a report by Fox News, 
Those confidential sources supplied the FBI with details of potential crimes committed by Joe Biden, his son Hunter Biden, and his brother James Biden. The reports go back to when Biden was vice president. Grassley said that the FBI task force tried to shut down the investigation by falsely discrediting the information as foreign disinformation. This caused a halt in the investigation. However, Grassley said that in at least one instance, the information provided by the confidential source was vetted by multiple U.S. attorney offices that found no link to Russian disinformation. The Iowa senator said that from the information he obtained, he believes there has been a deliberate attempt to stonewall an investigation into Biden and his family. He attributed it to political bias within the Justice Department and the FBI. Well, in some troubling news from college campuses, a group of Jewish students at Cooper Union, which is a private New York City college, were locked inside a library Wednesday night as pro-Hamas protesters beat their fists on the doors, screamed, and tried to gain entry into the library. The incident first became public when former media director of the Israeli consulate in New York, James Novak, posted a video of the incident on X. The pro-Palestinian protesters were not slated to be inside the library, but they stormed the building just after the protests began. Novak said Cooper Union librarians bolted the doors to prevent the pro-Palestine protesters from entering the library, then told Jewish students to hide in the attic if they wanted to. This is what the incident sounded like. Novak said that the New York Police Department was called, but they didn't do anything to stop the threats. The New York Police Department told the Daily Signal that they didn't intervene because no threats of physical violence were made. The Jewish students were eventually evacuated through tunnels in the building. And speaking of New York, New York Democrat Representative Jamal Bowman pleaded guilty on Thursday in D.C. Superior Court on charges that he illegally pulled a House office building fire alarm. Bowman is a socialist member of the squad and pulled the fire alarm just before a critical 11th hour vote on a continuing resolution to fund the government until mid-November. At the time, Bowman said that he thought the bright red alarm switch with the large printed word fire at the top was the way to open the door out of the building. D.C. Assistant Attorney General Peter Saba criminally charged Bowman with a misdemeanor over the incident. Bowman was given a plea deal that stipulates that he must write a letter of apology to the U.S. Capitol Police and pay a $1,000 fine. If he completes the deal, the misdemeanor charge will be withdrawn. Bowman said that he pulled the alarm and will pay the fine. And finally today, we turn for our last story to the border. During fiscal year 2023, which ended on September 30th, we recently learned that Customs and Border Protection encountered a record number of Russian and Chinese foreign nationals along America's borders and at ports of entry. CBP encountered 57,163 foreign nationals from Russia between October 1st of 2022 and September 30th of 2023. That's 20,000 more than the previous year. In the same time period, 
CBP encountered 52,700 Chinese nationals on America's borders and at ports of entry. That's nearly 25,000 more than during fiscal year 2022. Specifically, looking at the southern border, CBP encountered 24,314 Chinese foreign nationals and 43,210 Russian nationals. Representative Andy Biggs, Republican of Arizona, told the Daily Signal that these alarming figures shouldn't shock anyone. According to Biggs, it's because the Biden administration's border policies continue to incentivize foreign nationals from all over the world to enter our country illegally via the southern border. CBP released data on Saturday revealing that agents encountered a record 3.2 million illegal aliens at U.S. ports of entries and between ports of entries along America's both northern and southern borders during fiscal year 2023. That number does not include gotaways. In total, CBP encountered 269,735 illegal migrants at the southwest border in September. That's a record for a single month. If you're eager to dive a little bit deeper into these numbers, we will leave a link in today's show notes for my full report that details what exactly is happening right now at our borders. But with that, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Daily Signal's Top News. If you haven't had the chance to check out our morning show, tomorrow morning is a great morning to do so. We're actually changing things up a little bit tomorrow morning and bringing you an interview from Heritage Foundation President Dr. Kevin Roberts. He sits down with the president and CEO of the legal organization Beckett. Also, if you have not done so, make sure to take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts and take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for The Daily Signal interview edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.